the harshest of operating conditions. Large-scale investment, planning, and commitment places the offshore sector in a league all on its own, where the stories of people aren't found anywhere else. From safety to operations to new technology, we look to break down this often mystified industry and shed light into the unknown. You're listening to the Oil & Gas Offshore Podcast with your host, Andy Lash. All right, everybody, welcome again to a new episode of the Oil & Gas Offshore Podcast. We are here at the 2019 Workboat Show in New Orleans, Louisiana. We are here with Wolseley Industrial. We've got CJ Bland and Mike Devine here to talk about some pipes, valves, and fittings and a lot of the great things that they're offering the industry. Guys, thank you for coming out. Thank you for having us. We appreciate it. Let's start with the wonderful workboat shell. I'm, I've been shocked. This thing's huge compared to what I was expecting. Have you guys been out here before at the, at the workboat show? We have. This is, Mike, what's up? Fifth, fourth year, fifth year? Fifth year, I believe, total. And it's one of the bigger shows for sure. There's definitely a, a lot of people today and has been for the last couple of days. So Awesome. Are you enjoying New Orleans? Oh, yeah. New Orleans is always great. It's fun, fun city, fun city. Great well, food. Yeah. Absolutely. So the show, again, the Oil & Gas Offshore Podcast, we're brought to you by Tidewater. Tidewater is out here at the show today. I know they're walking around. We're going to be doing an interview with them a little bit later today. Tidewater owns and operates the largest fleet of offshore support vessels in the industry. With over 60 years of experience supporting offshore energy exploration and production activities worldwide. If you're interested in support for your maritime operation, you can learn more about Tidewater through their website at www.tdw.com. Another sponsor we wanted to make a shout out. We did travel here to New Orleans for the show. We used our travel sponsor with the podcast, which is BCD Travel. BCD Travel made it super easy for us to book flights and hotels and all the travel that was needed. They do a great job. If you have any interest in a travel agent, you should reach out to them. We'll put links in the show notes. CJ and Mike, let's start with just a little bit about yourself and kind of how you guys got into the industry. Well, I'm out of Nashville, Tennessee currently. Been with Wosley for 10 years. I've been in this industry for about 25 years and I'm an area sales manager, so I'm responsible for five or six state chunk of geography in the Southeast. Big part of that is Marine. We do several, have several large customers in the barge building portion of our business that are situated in that geography and excited to be here this is a really neat show and yeah i've been been with wolsey now for almost 13 years currently i head up the marine efforts been doing that for about nine years and just trying to to grow our marine efforts throughout the country that's great so you're both long-term wolsey employees that does says it must be a good company to work for absolutely it's a great company you guys live on the road a lot, traveling, uh, covering the different regions that you manage. A lot of travel involved. I have elite status with almost every hotel chain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I do Southwest, and I got the companion pass, and the, I don't find time to use it, but it, it's nice to have. Sure, you know? absolutely. Sure. <laughs> well, okay. So you guys know what you're talking about. You've been in the industry a long time. Let's say I'm, you know, I'm one of your customers. I'm, I'm getting into the barge building industry or I'm getting into some kind of offshore business and I'm looking for pipes, valves, fittings, all the different things that I need to, to keep my operation running. Why would I come to you guys over something like a Granger or, or somebody like that that, you know, is, is out there as well? Well, the, I think the biggest thing, Andy, that separates us from, if you mentioned Granger specifically, is the fact that we have bricks and mortar and people 
you know, CJ is extremely technical in his industry. He knows the products. He knows the applications. He knows the things that those guys are going through when they're building vessels. And the thing that we really try to do that's kind of out of the norm for most distributors is we want to be a problem solver for you. You know, if you want to click on a website and order 10 gadgets and have them show up at your door and not have anybody you can call to work through technical issues, engineering things, specifications, we're not your necessarily your company for that. But if you want somebody you can rely on daily to be a resource for you, to solve issues, to help in areas where you're, where you're struggling as a, as a manufacturer, that's really what makes us different from most of those guys. Absolutely. Agreed. Yeah. So, and that's a huge, I mean, we're in the information age, right? So I'm sure you can, you can search online, you can do a lot of research, but actually having an expert to go to is really a game changer, right? Somebody you can trust that's been doing it, spent 20 or 15 years in the business and, and you can lean on them to help. So, so what are some of the problems that you're hearing about? What was some of the hot topic items you guys are addressing in just recent time? I mean, we could start with, you know, just simple pipe valve and fitting issues from a lined pipe corrosion aspect to a valve and automation issue. I mean, it, it kind of can, it really depends on the, the customer and what their problem is. We, we feel that we could, in one way or another, really solve anyone's problem as long as they you know, give us what they're looking for. Are you seeing different products kind of coming across your desk? Are you, are you seeing new things where you're saying, hey, we used to use you know, I'll say Delron gaskets, or we used to use this specific metal type and, you know, this new, call it, call it crude oil or biodiesel or, or LPG or, you know, other things. They're coming across your desk and, and you're, you're really trying to solve a new, new niche or something like that. Well, I mean, for, for, I'll say with this, you know, we just recently became a, uh, a Garlock distributor since you brought up the gaskets. Yeah. You know, in, in my facility, we've got a new up and coming Adams flash cutting machine that, you know, we can cut specific gaskets as long as we've got a drawing, you know, we can upload it and actually physically cut special heat exchanger gaskets or flange gaskets or, you know, split cover gaskets, you, you name it. We can do that now out of our facility and we can usually turn them around within, you know, a day's time. Yeah, that's awesome. That's real helpful. And that's a great point that CJ makes. One of the things that we've really focused on the last few years is bringing capabilities in-house, fabrication, gasket cutting, valve actuation. There's, there's many things. We just bought two new CNC machines in Mobile, start cutting our own brackets and couplers for valve actuation. And one of the things that we're really trying to do, because even though commodity steel is, is kind of is what it is, mm-hmm. with all the things that have happened with tariffs, and production quotas we've really tried to take a lot of the risk from the customer and bring it into our hands and one of the things we found in trying to do that is the more things we can control internally and not have to rely on an external source the bigger benefit it brings to the customer i can see that that makes a lot of sense i would think too when you're looking at just a customer service relationship when it goes well you get the credit for it right when it goes bad, they know who to talk to, right? And hopefully that doesn't happen, but you cut out all those little steps in between and, and you can get a lot more control of that end product. Absolutely. Absolutely. So how about 3D? You, you mentioned machinery and, and cutting gaskets and stuff. How about 3D printers? You got a 3D printer yet? That's like a hot button topic right now. We do not have a 3D printer yet, but two of the manufacturers that we do a lot of valve, specialty valve work with have them. And we can have an instant demo 
made of the exact product that we're pitching and they'll have it to us in a couple of days that's cool and when you can walk in and say hey you know this is kind of a one-off that you're asking us to build here but hey here's the demo for it i have been lobbying hard for the 3d <laughs> printer so we'll see if i win that battle they just look cool right they're like, awesome i want one just for myself i don't know what i'd make with it in my garage but i, I just want one you know now they're they're very cool pieces of equipment they are that so one thing I, I know too that when I was looking through your your website and, and doing some research on you guys, you guys do a lot of work on just the logistics management of all your all your goods, right? I see tracking and data and a, a lot of information to really see when my product's going to show up. Is it going to be there on time? And you know, can I rely on you know if you say Wednesday, it's going to be Wednesday, right? So how does that work in your guys' day to day? So Andy. Wosley is part of a bigger corporation, and when you take us in totality, we have roughly 2,000 locations in the U.S. and about 20,000 employees, and when you talk about the ability to move product, you know, we're a $20 billion distribution company, so we have a lot of product that we move daily. We have lots of, our fleet is enormous, and the technology and the things that we've learned through time on being able to track product to make it easier for the customer to use it, to manage their inventory for them, and to keep them from having to tie their resources up managing that material. It helps us win their business, A, and it also helps us build that relationship because they know, you say, you're going to have product there on Wednesday. I mean, we have guys that go to a facility on Monday, scan barcodes, take inventory lists, bring the product back on Wednesday or Thursday, and they do that every single week. So the guy knows, hey, every Wednesday – my Wosley guy is going to be here, and he's going to fill up our bins with material, and we'll be good to go. And, and that's that's a huge, that's like you said, it's a huge time saver to let somebody manage that for you, not have to do that internally, and stuff's just there when you need it. You know, that's huge. And it's a big selling point for us to garner other business because the guys that do online, they don't offer opportunities like that, right? You order something from them, it comes in a box, you got to take care of it yourself. Right. So... Here at the boat show, I was walking around just looking at all the different vendors, trying to learn about the offshore sector myself, you know, learn about kind of what's going on. There's a lot of rope for sale. There is a lot of rope here. Yes, there is. Uh, And a lot of coatings, a lot of rope and a lot of coatings. All right. Well, here at the boat show, like we were talking about, we got, you know, rope and coatings. But I know coatings is something you guys do. And that's kind of a technical thing we were talking about beforehand on all the different coatings, all the different things that you can offer for piping and valving and things like that, right? Absolutely. I mean, we've got, you know, Chesterton and the ARC coatings division that, that Wolseley represents. You know, mechanical seals packing are one of the things that, that Chesterton is very big at, as well as their coatings. And it's a, a protective coating, whether it be on pumps, seals, valves, you name it. It's a corrosion inhibitor, you know, to to, to lessen the, the corrosion when it's in the, the seawater applications. Yeah, it's a tough environment to work in, right? I mean, the salt water, the... Just water in general, right? Starts to erode anything it comes in contact with. So it's not shocking that that is such a, a big topic here at the boat show. What are anything you guys seen as a standout walking around the floor? Anything, any of the cool booths or technology pieces, anything like that? A couple of things that I've looked at when I was walking around a few minutes yesterday is all the tracking capabilities. You know, you're looking at those switchboards and everything. It looks like you're on a scene of a movie or something. You know, I want to go up and start pushing buttons and see if I can find a submarine or something that's out in the, you know, out offshore right now. So the technology that goes into building these vessels is amazing. 
Absolutely. There's a ton of ton of technology, either just the construction and building a more efficient vessel, more you know efficient through power plant usage or whatever. But yeah, I was talking to one booth yesterday, or yesterday, and they have like they take the the vessel's existing radar, and then they map out icebergs or oil spills or rogue waves, like all kinds of stuff. I mean, huge safety improvements that are coming just with the advancements of technology, which is really cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. With all you guys' you know, experience you know, in the industry, whether it's sales or you know, pipes, valves, and fittings, what's maybe something that you guys wish you would have known earlier on getting into the industry? Wow, that's a tough question. If, Very tough if, question. if hindsight was 2020, I probably would have a much better position within the company than I do right now. <laughs> we uh, can all relate to that for yeah, sure. Yeah. You know, the one thing that, that I really stress to our young associates that are getting into our company and they're, they're sales-minded, you know, all the guys want to get on the road and sell a bunch of stuff and make a bunch of money is never overstate what your capabilities are and always over under-promise and over-deliver. So we really, really strive. You, you mentioned earlier, you know, when you tell me it's going to be here on Wednesday, we have it there on Wednesday. And try to avoid those conversations where you're taking the blame instead of the credit. It obviously can't always happen, but, but we really try to keep it from happening. So that's probably the biggest thing. I mean, there's no magic potion to make everything work better or go better. You know, the industry changes, technology changes. The way you go to market changes, but at the end of the day, we're a distribution company that hangs our hat on our service and our ability to take care of our customer. And if that's at the core of everything you're doing, then the rest of it kind of works itself out usually. Yeah, I, I I agree with that wholeheartedly. You know the 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 whole acronym or the whole saying of you know God gave you two ears and one mouth, yeah. listen, <laughs> listen more than you talk kind of deal. You know when you're in in this industry, you know. As a problem solver, you really want to be the the person listening to their problems, not talking more than what you need to. So, you know, like Divine said, was, you know, at the end of the day, we want to be your problem solver, and that's the end of the end of, end of it. Yeah. Absolutely, that's real good. Are there are there? I don't know if you, if the question really works, but do you come across any myths in the industry, or you see where maybe forever? You've, everybody's always used a specific valve and you're trying to change the norm and say, hey, this is better. And you got to really convince them, break those uh, old, old standing myths. That is probably the biggest frustration as a salesman because you, you mentioned technology and changes in products. Over In the 25 years I've been in the industry, just take plastics, for instance, how much they have developed and matured and all the things you can do with them now and the various products that are out there. And the one thing that I can't stand in, in customer interaction is when you have a better solution, a lot of times it's more economically pleasing and the guy looks at you and says, but we've always done it this way. As soon as I hear that, my sales acumen goes from you know 10 miles an hour to about 200 because I'm about to convince him that no, you shouldn't keep doing it the way you've always done it just because you've always done it that way. And it's frustrating sometimes. It really is. But at the end of the day, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about. If, if you can build a relationship based on your technical ability to help that guy, more often than not, you can win that argument eventually because you know they'll say, well, 
you know, he was right about this thing over here that he told us to try. It did work better. Maybe we ought to listen to him this time. And when you can get them to that point in your relationship, then you've got it made because when they call or when they have a problem or an issue, we want the guys to say, who do we call about this? And somebody says, call CJ. He helps us with everything, right? That's where we want to get to. And fortunately for us, because of the products we've been able to add and the services we handle in-house, we're getting there. I mean, because we offer so, such a breadth of product and service that we really do have access to some amazing products and capabilities, and we're using that to help the customer, right? That's what it's all about at the end of the day. Absolutely. I think you mentioned, is it H... Plastic welding, right? I can't think of the actual name. The HDPE, which is a high-density polyethylene pipe, which we, we do quite a bit of. Would that be used for, like, large-scale, like, water lines? Like, you know, I'm, I'm out in the oil field every day. I see them putting in pipelines, moving stuff. You see the big cart, and they, they shove the pipe in, and they heat it with a big plate, and then smush it together, and, and it mushrooms out. Absolutely. I've always, like, is that really going to hold? Is that, you know? But, it's amazing how well it holds. You know, the weld is the strongest part of the whole piping system. You're more apt to tear a piece of pipe in two in the center of the pipe than you are to tear that weld apart. And the unbelievable thing about HDPE specifically is the flexibility of it. I mean, in our markets, you might see that pipe just run for miles over the top of the ground. They run it under waterways, you know, for a conduit for cables and telephone, whatever it is, the the breadth of applications that that stuff is good for is amazing and from an economic standpoint it's uh you know if you're running miles and miles of 10 inch pipe you're not going to get it done any cheaper than you can do it with that product yeah and a lot of a lot of uh dredges are using those the, the htp now because of its flexibility out there when they're dredging one for the you know the, when they're in that brackish or salt water and they're dredging you know the, the corrosion resistance that it's got Again, in the flexibility allows the dredges to, in today's market to be more efficient. What about like abrasion resistance? If you're pumping sand and mud and moving some of that, is is that going to work as well as say steel or some of the other solutions? In most cases, it does work better. And the ones that it does not actually work any better, let's just say they're even. Mm-hmm. The one benefit of HDP is the ability to fix it quickly. I mean, you can cut out the spot where it blew out and weld two other pieces in and you're right back up and running okay and in steel pipe when you have a failure like that it can be a little more catastrophic so it, it gives you so many so many angles to do things differently than you've done it in the past so what about your installation personnel i mean if you're trying to lay steel pipe and you got to have certified welder and you got to have x-ray and you got to have you know come back and do coatings over the welding you know the guy laying HDPE, not necessarily having to have all the same credentials. It's, it's probably a good cost savings there. There is. I mean, we train those folks ourselves. So a contractor can send 20 or 25 guys into one of our facilities, and we train them and certify them. Okay. And most of the manufacturers of those plastic materials, if we do the certified training and say, you know, Jim with company XYZ has been certified, you know, that enhances the warranty of the product. But those products, the, the, the great thing about them is it's, it's not rocket science to put them together. I mean, you're taking two pieces of plastic with a hot iron in between them and welding them together, and every piece works the same way, right? So once you know how to do a two-inch piece, 
of a certain thickness, it's the exact same process for a 14-inch piece at, the, at a different thickness. So it's extremely flexible, it's economic, but it's also pretty simple in design and, and how installation works. So it's a, it's a big deal in the marketplace big, right now. Big, big on a cost savings, too. Absolutely. Um, you know, from a, from a cost perspective of the actual material to installation, the elimination of a fire watch, you know, which you're going to have to have with welders, you know, that it's just, it's a, it's a very, very, very good product in today's market. Hey, you mentioned doing in-house training. I mean, do you do training on many other products or many other processes besides the HDPE? We offer it for almost all the plastics that we deal in. We do some valve automation training and certification for guys that may buy you know, let's say they're buying a ton of eight-inch automated butterfly valve packages with a specific positioner. You know, protocol and language and all the electronics today has changed a lot. We will bring instrument technicians in-house and train them on proper installation, proper setup of the product. So as a manufacturer's representative on those products and a distributor, we typically rely on the manufacturer to come in and help us do that. And most of those guys are more than willing because... You know, at the end of the day, if the guys that are installing product in the field are properly trained and know what they're doing, that's less issues CJ gets called about. It's less times he calls the manufacturer with an issue. So the more knowledge we can give them up front, the better it works for us. Makes a lot of sense. Makes Now, here at the boat show, you guys are helping showcase DK Lock. Is that right? That is one of the products we are displaying at our booth. DK Lock is a tube fitting feral system that has, you know, it, it's used on high pressure airs or hydraulics, high pressure applications. Yeah, I was playing with some of the little valves, the little cutaway valves at your booth. With, you can see all the little parts inside and, and everything like there. Just it, cool to see how it, it all works. It, the, the cutaways are actually very cool because people just don't realize how intricate some of these valves really are. So to get down to it, it's a neat application. Yeah, you think just the valve, it just has a gasket for, say, the valve, the actual product you're being, you're controlling, but then you got you got a gasket for the bonnet and you got a gasket for each side of the connection and you got, you know, all these different components that go into that. So That's right. all very interesting. One of the nice things about DK Lock too, for specifically for this industry and for the market here in the Gulf Coast is they're, they're based out of Mobile, Alabama. And one of the things that we've really enjoyed working with them, a lot of manufacturers in today's market don't like to carry inventory. You know, when I first started in this industry, manufacturers carried tons of inventory. And if you didn't have it on your shelf, they did. One of the things that's helped us tremendously is the fact that they are relying on their distribution to, to handle that load now. And because of our size and the warehouse capabilities and as many facilities as we have in the country, it's really helped us garner relationships with people that we probably wouldn't have been able to otherwise. Because, you know, when you go to a manufacturer that you want to have a relationship with and you've got a checkbook that you can write a really big stock order check out of and you tell them you want to help support them, it helps you build a relationship on the manufacturer side. And DK Lock is, they're not really following that model. They, they have a lot of inventory and they can, can respond extremely quick to, to special needs. And also their breadth of their product, they cover pretty much everything that is made in that industry. And you know, our relationship with them is fairly new, but it's really gained a lot of traction already and they've been great to work with. Cool. Awesome. That's been a lot of fun to learn about and all that. Anything we haven't touched on that you guys want to cover or, or bring to light? I think the only thing that I'd like to mention is when we're talking about things that kind of differentiate us from the competitors is our quality program. 
We have an approved manufacturer's list that we control. We have a quality lab in Raleigh, North Carolina. And basically, we still sample product from every manufacturer that we put in the marketplace. It doesn't matter if we've been selling your pipe for 60 years. We are still doing random sampling on the product that you send us. We remove people from the AML if we find things that don't meet spec. We constantly audit manufacturers, surprise audits, which are a big deal in our industry. We do them ourselves. We self-perform them. Our lab is third-party qualified now, so we can do, you know, if a, if a manufacturer or a ship has a problem and they want a third party to do testing on what happened, we can provide those now. And as part of that, all the Wosley locations are ISO certified. We all do things according to those ISO standards. And so that's really been the biggest thing because when we go in and talk to a customer and they can buy the products from a number of people and we tell them all the steps we go through to certify and guarantee that what they're buying is what they want, it really, really, really carries a lot of weight with them. So I would say that's probably the main thing I'd like to throw in before we wrap up. Those are great comments. Great info. Couldn't couldn't have said it better myself, you know. (laughs) He's got you on that one. got me on that one. (laughs) Awesome. Well, we're here at the boat show. Mark's out running around with a microphone. Yeah, I actually have a question for y'all. From somebody that made the mistake of buying a cheap one-inch Chinese elbow in my bilge, and it failed, right? And you talked about quality. The cost, not only the cost of downtime to your business, but the cost and maybe impact to your human capital, to your employees, is enormous when you try to save a penny and the quality isn't there. Can we talk just a little bit more about that? Because I think that the audience really needs to understand that you may pay a little bit more for something, but then it won't fail. And the failure part can be, can be catastrophic. Exactly. And that's, that's the thing that we are working to prevent. I'll give a quick example. We do physical inventory at all of our locations twice a year. And maybe two, three years ago, in a random sampling in one of our distribution centers with a PMI gun, somebody found that there were some fittings that were stenciled and labeled as 304 were actually 316. And immediately, now this is like 10 o'clock on a Friday night. We're all mad that we're in there counting stuff, right? Mm-hmm. They sent out a company-wide email, and we quarantined every fitting, not just that specific size and type, everything that we bought from that manufacturer that was on one of our shelves across the country. And it was done within a couple of hours. So the things that we're trying to do, and it's a, it's a cut-and-dry process. The products that we buy and sell, they meet every part of that standard by the letter of the law or they don't there's no gray area and one of the things that we've really found and you know there's a big misnomer out there you mentioned chinese as part of the where that manufacturer that fitting was there is tremendous product that's made in markets china indonesia korea that we sell through our company daily there's a lot of bad product that comes from overseas Conversely, that's true domestically, too. I mean, there are domestic steel manufacturers that we won't buy from, mm-hmm. you know, just plain Absolutely. and simple, which is Absolutely. a painful thing to say. Right. But at the end of the day, if they're not making product that meets the standards to keep what happened to you from happening to a big customer where it could be catastrophic, you can't take shortcuts. And we preach what you just said daily. You know, if you're looking to buy the very cheap, cheapest product available in the market, we might as well leave right now because you can't buy the cheapest product in the market from us. I mean, we just won't sell it. We won't do it. Even to the point where we have had customers on projects say, hey, we want to buy this pipe from this mill. We've had, that's what we want to buy. And if they're not on our list, it's not going to happen. It's a, that's the same with, you know, 
stainless steel fittings, like you were saying, you know, we don't sell non-SP114 fittings. It's a standard that, that that's in the market today. You know that you know it's 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 a more robust fitting, and you know it's and you can buy non-SP114 for. 40% less than what that fitting costs. And so if a customer's willing to accept that risk and physically when you hold the two in your hands, it's almost like you're holding two to one because of the weight and the way it's Absolutely. made. And if you have a, an end user that's willing to take the risk associated with buying that cheaper product, again, they just won't be able to buy it from us. Right. Yeah, you know? we, we won't sell it. We're not going to deviate just because the customer says that we've lost orders because of it. But again, we stand behind our quality and our product. So. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's awesome. You guys made the comment earlier about manufacturers not wanting to hold inventory and kind of more and more people moving to that just-in-time manufacturing. How do you think that affects quality on, on an overall scale? I mean, are you seeing good and bad come from that? Or, you know, I would think if you're, you're making it right there, you should have the most up-to-date info, the most up-to-date process, you know. But you guys are going to know better than I would. I don't know that it's really causing problems with quality. The thing that it, that it causes is, is kind of what I talked about earlier. It just puts the onus on us that we have to carry the inventory. And, you know, most of the manufacturers in the market right now are pretty good with delivery schedules. You know, if they tell you it's going to be 12 to 16 weeks, typically it's about 12 to 16 weeks. And, you know, obviously I'm not the smartest guy that works for our company, but if, if you tell me how long it takes to order and we know how much we use – then we need to have that product in the food chain at all times, right? And so the manufacturer might be in manufacturing to just in time, but from a input into the marketplace through us, it's typically coming off our shelf and it's been there for a while, right? So I don't know that I can say that the way manufacturing has changed has caused a quality dip. No, I, don't, I don't believe so either. Well, that's good. I think, I think that's good. That's beneficial. Yeah, Andy, I think we have another question from the audience. So how are you finding that technology is changing the way you do business day to day? That's a fantastic question. What about also, too, you think about the availability of technology, of information? Do you find that, one, changing your business or also competing against you, where somebody goes and does their own research and says, oh, no, no, Google said X, Y, Z, and they know better than you and your 20 years of experience? Yeah, there's two things to kind of go to the, the first question there. The changes in technology that have helped us be a better source for our customers are the things, you know, warehouse management systems where, you know, we don't necessarily have a physical count of that every six months, but it's a WMS system and we do spot counts constantly in those warehouses, which reduces the labor time. The other thing that, that we really have utilized in-house is we call it smart sheet, but it's, it's tracking ability so that we know all orders that are in-house pertaining to certain products. When they're products to assemble, to be able to deliver are supposed to be here, it helps us run a very tight ship with scheduling our work internally. And the other part of that is because of how easy it is to, I'm obviously not the youngest guy that works for us, but the young guys that are really tech savvy, we do all of our own drawings now, we do all of our own sizing, and previous and most of our competitors, if you do a big project and require technical or 3D or CAD drawings, they have to rely on the manufacturer to provide that. And it's typically a nightmare to get. And, and we do all of that ourselves now. We don't have to rely on anybody to do it. So that, that's the first part of it. To address what you said, Andy, it's frustrating when you go in and demonstrate a product and you're talking to a group of people and you can see them 
researching what you're telling them so that they can find something to argue with you about. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's fine because, you know, we're not in there overstating what the product can do, but it does make a lot of folks a whole lot smarter than the, than they were when you walked into the room because it's powerful to be able to look at something in two seconds. Yeah, you you know, it's it. also ruined every bar fight because you can't argue about anything anymore. <laughs> yeah, anybody, There's no stretching of the truth anymore, Andy. Anybody can pull up a YouTube video and there's, it's probably covered on YouTube. I'm just glad it wasn't around when I was 21. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. It's been very fun talking with you guys. It's been great being here at the boat show. I want to say thank you to the both of you for coming out. Thank Absolutely. You for Thanks it. for having us. Thank you for Wolseley for the time. Thank you for the BCD Travel for helping us uh, get here. Thank you for Tidewater for sponsoring the podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, please take a few minutes, go online, go leave a review or a comment on iTunes and leave an honest review, the good, the bad, the ugly. It's the only way we can make the show better. And we will see you on the next one. Here are the events on deck. Hey, everybody. Alex here with the events on deck for January 2020. First of all, Happy New Year. We have a couple of great events coming up to kick off 2020 with y'all. The first one will be a Houston happy hour taking place on January 16th at the Cannon from 6 to 9 p.m. This event will be all about artificial intelligence for oil and gas. Reality, not hype. The event will feature a panel discussion and include drinks and snacks. Be sure to get your tickets. You can find our Eventbrite link on LinkedIn, Twitter, or Facebook, or in our Modal Point newsletter every month. The next happy hour we're having is our Denver happy hour on January 30th from 4 to 6 p.m. at Liberty Oil Field Services. This event will have a panel of GEOs and feature a live recording of the Crude Audacity podcast. So it'll be super cool. Be sure to join us. Also get your tickets once again from the links posted in our Modal Point newsletter or on Oil & Gas Global Networks, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. We also will be having a Pittsburgh happy hour sometime in February with the date coming soon. So be sure to stay tuned for that. Other events on deck include the Houston API Energy General Meeting on January 14th. Guest speaker Eric Switzer, VP Global Services of Baker Hughes, will be discussing accelerating transformation in oil and gas. The 2020 Industrial Market Outlook and Networking event will be on January 23rd in Houston, and they will be discussing the latest trends that will impact project spending in North America, including the Gulf Coast region, over the next 12 to 24 months. Lastly, the Wildcatters Ball will be held on February 7th, 2020 in Houston. This ball is the primary oil and natural gas industry fundraising event for the IPAA Educational Foundation. The proceeds will go toward funding the foundation's energy education programs. That's all for this month. Thanks for tuning in, guys, and check in next month for the events on deck for February. Tune in next week for another episode of the Oil & Gas Offshore Podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at oilandgasoffshore.com.